because you have a bunch of peer-reviewed journals published in like JAMA or just because you're an associate professor at John Hopkins or you've got this long list of awards and credentials, or maybe you're the best at this certain subspecialty in your entire state. If patients don't know about it, it doesn't really matter. And where patients are looking and finding their information is different than where your colleagues and the symposiums that you're speaking at are. Are your skills and expertise enough for potential and existing patients to come to you? We are now living in the digital age. People will contact the first provider that will show up on their web browser. How would you make your procedures and specialties known throughout the internet? Justin Knott shares his techniques on how you can attract and retain more patients. Join us in today's episode on how you can improve your online marketing strategies in the healthcare field. This is the podcast where ambitious and busy healthcare leaders come to build peak performance. If your play is always full, this show will help you to gain 10 hours back per week. I'm your host, Sabrina Rombach, a cardiothoracic surgery PA and an expert in neuroscience, psychology, and public health. Five years ago, I was in your shoes, working 80 plus hours a week, putting on fires every day, and my to-do list never ended. If that's the way you are working now, you know this is not sustainable. I'm here to tell you there is a better way. I knew I had to get my life back, so I dived deep into the researches of mental fitness and productivity. After implementing the right strategies, I cut my clinical hours by 30% and increased my profit by 50%. This podcast contains stories of how I did that and how other healthcare experts are doing it too. Together, we'll share with you how you can get your life back. Welcome to the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Powerful, Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina, and we have another exciting episode today. What are we going to talk about? What does that mean to be in the field of owning your own practice and marketing? How do you really use the authority, your review to gain more patience? Because at the end of the day, despite how many years of experience we have, how many degrees we have gained, people don't just automatically walk toward you. Otherwise, then how do people know about us? Like, what do you mean to be special, to be a thought leader or the expert in your field? So that's why I invited Justin Knott. So he is a medical marketing expert. Um, We met each other because both of us are on the healthcare podcast networking together. And so he is also a podcaster. Um, He is a marketing expert helping private practice owners and healthcare organizations he teaches them to tell their true story, promote their procedures and specialties, and develop patient-centered marketing strategies that attract and retain patients. And Justin's expertise lies in marketing strategies, SEOs, pay ads, anything that you can think about to bring these people to your door and not the other way around where we're constantly spending time to seek them out. And he regularly speaks and contributes to national publications on various digital marketing topics. And of course, he's also someone who is a husband, has a 
daughter and have some fur babies. And I know Justin's wife's work is also very exciting to help out、uh, patient liaison on that side. So, so much to talk about. Welcome, welcome, Justin. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on. I'm excited.、Uh... To talk about what I do day in and day out, <laughs> right? Like for all of us, I believe that we got into healthcare because it's something driven, something exciting. And then end of the day, it's the once. How do we turn that passion into a continued momentum going forward, and not just another constriction, right? I say stop your passion from turning into a prison.、Mm-hmm. But it's not like chasing the goal anymore. It's about the right way to attract. So I'm so excited for you to talk about this topic. But just a quick introduction for yourself. How did you even get into do what you do? Yeah, absolutely. I had a、uh, definitely an interesting road. I studied finance and really thought I'd go that finance direction,、uh, day trading. I had a cousin that was at the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, so like doing all the stuff you see in movies down in the pit, and、uh, that really didn't pan out. It wasn't a passion of mine after I got out of school and and got into the early stage investing side, and we were starting a lot of companies in house, and so. That was my first touch points into branding, building websites, telling a story behind what a new business is all about, and that kind of led Kelly and I, my wife, who started the agency with me, to, to be able to work together. And she was in the healthcare space, and and she was doing marketing for a really large ENT group, and I kind of fell in love with it, and we felt. Call to kind of start our own thing with the network that Kelly had built, the experience that I had gained, and so almost a decade ago we hit the ground running, and and we're early on. There were definitely others before us, but we were early on in terms of an agency that chose to focus exclusively in healthcare and not just in healthcare, but in the medical side of healthcare as a niche. Really, since day one, so that's kind of what led us here. And now I'm, as I mentioned, almost ten years into. The agency journey, and all we've really done since day one is is help multi location specialty practices reach new patients and tell their stories. So that's definitely where we've gained the expertise over the years. and And I love healthcare because it's more personal in terms of marketing than anything else. Because the health of the patients that you're dealing with matter to them more than probably anything else. And so it's a powerful story to tell. and And I love it. I'm really passionate about it. Right, right, and I definitely believe there is a slight difference from the holistic side of healthcare versus the medical side, like us, right? And it's almost a default sometimes. The misconception for a practice owner is that, well, I earned it, the degree, I、mm-hmm. gone through school for so many years. Therefore, once I open, people just come to me. Right,、yeah. they'll they'll somehow find me on their insurance list or by geographical、mm-hmm. location. Which the geo location is what you're gonna tap into talking about why it's important、sure. to have SEO、yeah. whatnot. But still, we don't just build something thinking magically people just appear in front of your door. They could also drive extra ten minutes, go、mm-hmm. down someone else's、oh, yeah. office, right? And so I want you to definitely tap into that part of. How do we tell our stories in a way that magnetizes, attracts the right patients to us? For sure, I, I think that that's something that surprises a lot of physicians as they get out of their fellowship, or they get into the private practice arena, or they start their own practice, or become a partner at one. That even in a very referral-based 
subspecialty that you may be in. And I think COVID accelerated this, but I think that it was still happening anyways, is patients are more in tune with their healthcare journey and what's come with that and the consumerization, which people are hearing a lot of, of healthcare is even if a patient gets referred from a PCP or another subspecialty to you and you live and die by referrals, they're going online and they're reading your story, they're reading your reputation. And just like you said, that's not a slam dunk anymore. They could go find somebody else with a better reputation or a better that they trust better because they're telling their story better or they're a thought leader and whatever subspecialty they referred to and jump ship ship and end up in their office. And I think that that's really surprises a lot of physicians about how much direct marketing capabilities that there really are and how much you really can influence a patient's journey in terms of going directly to them and bringing them through your practice. And, and with that, a lot of people need to are starting to finally, I think COVID helped put a lot now that they understand that, put a lot more emphasis on even in subspecialty situations like surgery, you can tell a story and that story can be very impactful over growing patients, booking more patients and doing more surgeries. And it starts with a good reputation. It starts with a good website foundation. And and like you talk to being able to rank high because there's high competition in every area. If you search dermatologist near me or skin cancer screening near me, unless you're in a rural market, especially the, the bigger the markets are, you're fighting over those patients, so to speak, in search. And so you need to have a game plan of how you're going to go about winning it. Because if you do, it'll impact your bottom line and it, it'll put you in front of more patients to, to care for, which is what physicians want. Exactly. And think about our bottom line is not just a monetary measurement. You have a mm-hmm. whole team and the staff that you're supporting. And oh, it's yeah. not just 100%. your... Patients, right? We know bottom line also means the more patients that come through your door, the more people you can impact and help, Mm -hmm. right? And so if you think about how do we make an impact, what does that mean to you? Yes, revenue is a great marker for how much you're actually able to impact and how many your inner circle life that you're able to improve as well, right? It also keeps us enjoyable and not feeling like we're wondering one month's revenue, how is that going to compare to next? Can I sustain it, right? All these questions that kills our energy, kills our productivity, Mm -hmm. kills the joy. And instead of being so intentional, now I also know there are some, even my clients to say, well, I used to be a chief of this. I'm already associated to all these hospital and these article publication. They should know me. But yeah. again, I believe that's great foundation you set, but it shouldn't be a default. Just like, because you have this title, people just recognize you as someone Well, yeah. plenty of people yeah. have titles is how do we continuously to represent ourselves, be aligned to our value, to our messaging, and people don't feel like it's, there are conflicting in who you are as a person and your messaging either. For sure. And and like you said, just because you have a bunch of peer-reviewed journals published in like JAMA or just because you're an associate professor at John Hopkins or you've got this long list of awards and credentials, or maybe you're the best at this certain subspecialty in your entire state, if patients don't know about it, it doesn't really matter. And where patients are looking and finding their information is different than where your colleagues and the symposiums that you're speaking at are. And you need to take that clout that you built and be able to leverage it and tell a story that connects with patients in the area that patients are looking for. And that's on your website. It's on Google. It's the reputation that you're building, all of those types of things. And 
to one of the things that you said, and we actually did an interview recently with a urologist that does arguably more of vasectomies than anyone in Arizona and maybe on the West Coast. Um, his name is uh, Dr. John Lynn. And with marketing, I think to avoid the physician burnout side of things that you hear is such a hot topic now and you deal with a lot in the productivity side of things and, and being fulfilled in your job, marketing can allow you selfishly as a provider to do more of what you love as a surgeon and do less of some of the other things in the practice in terms of procedural things that you may not like. And that's what the beauty of effective marketing, effective funnel development, and effective thought leadership. If there's, say, these three surgeries that you just absolutely love and you'd love to be able to do those all day long, it's what you love about patient care and it's what fills you up. Great marketing can allow you to do that, to do more of the things inside of the thing you're doing that you truly love and, and fulfill you from a career standpoint of view. Right. This is so well said. And there's also a thing about when we don't do the things that we just absolutely love and we start getting sidetracked to say, oh, maybe I learned to build a, a website. How about everybody else just review for me? Well, we're not experts, right? Yep. And from peer-to-peer -peer review, you might have those languages that make sense to us as a mm -hmm. medical professional, but it's not the same as from a client patient perspective. So having someone like you who stay in and out, that's your specialty to build this website, look professional and not just look the way we want it, but actually from a customer mm -hmm. client perspective, right? And then what the system is set up, you stop thinking about all the acquisition about client, you are just doing what you do the best, which is yeah. taking care taking of care. people. Mm -hmm. So even you start adding into other revenues as people who I help, they wanted to expand and they're always like, I don't have time right now, but I want to just start write a book or I speak. Mm -hmm. da, da, da. Yeah. I like, awesome, but stop doing chaotic things. Pick one <laughs> thing at a time, Focus. right? Yeah. Focus. Oh my goodness. It's not to say like, oh, I, 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 I'm thought it or I can write, I can do this, I can mm -hmm. do everything. Then people see you as a novelist in every single subcategory yeah. instead of someone who's like the best speaker, right? Like uh, the, the podcaster who really can engage with people, right? Or the author that uh, get bestseller and continue to show up strong, right? Sure. So, so yeah. as we're doing this, the foundation that you have built for yourself throughout the years is great, but it is not enough to gain more clients. You can be the best healthcare practitioner in your area, yet you have to advertise yourself where people are searching for information. If they don't match, you might have a hard time making yourself known. There can be high competition in every area. Even so, you can still stand out with proper marketing techniques. It starts out with a good reputation, then you create a story with your patients. You can now leverage this story to gain a connection with your future clients. If you're enjoying our conversation, please share this episode with friends and colleagues who would also like this episode. They will appreciate you for thinking of their growth. Now, let's get back to the rest of our show. And then talk a little bit about SEOs. And now doesn't matter if people have built a website themselves mm -hmm. and or hire someone. What's the something important to keep up and why people really should consider having SEO and hire a company to do that continuously and not just one time? Sure. 
Yeah, absolutely. So SEO at the end of the day is really kind of understanding at a, really a basic level without overcomplicating it. What happens when a patient sits down on their keyboard or on their mobile device and they start searching? And if you understand kind of that at a highest level and what you're looking at, it really kind of, I think, open and understanding to the importance that your website plays and what you should be doing from a 101 standpoint to get the most contribution out of your website. So you didn't invest in building something that's adding nothing to your bottom line in terms of educating patients or attracting patients. And when you do a search, so when a patient sits down at their desk, a couple different ways they're going to search. They're going to search by symptom or condition, we call it. So again, going back to that skin cancer screening or, or what is this mole on my back kind of thing. So they're trying to solve a problem or they're looking for a subspecialist like a dermatologist near me are two of the most core or dermatology practice. So you're looking for a specialist, a practice type, or to solve a problem condition or treatment wise. And at, that really is at the, at the core, what is driving the search that patients are doing and the results that you're seeing outside of throwing ads out. Cause we're talking about SEO at the top, you've got the map pack. Most people have heard of Google, my business and that's probably the largest influencer over local search. And it's not on your site, but it's really important. And the reviews, we talked a little bit about your reputation. The reviews on that Google My Business drive the rankings. They're probably the biggest factor in ranking highly for, again, dermatologists near me or dermatology clinic near me in that example to what you see in that map pack and how high they rank is based on the, your reputation. And again, going back to the point that I made even in a referral situation, somebody already knows your brand name and they're typing it directly in and they find your your Google My Business in the map pack. If you don't have a good reputation, you could lose them there. So that really influences a lot of local search. And then if you get right below that, you've got all of the organic search listings. And that's where your website really comes into play and why having a game plan to get the most out of your site and to rank high for the things that matter to you, those conditions and treatments, the problems that you solve, that patients are looking to get solved, really comes into play. And it comes back to the website infrastructure. And without getting too technical, what I mean by that is if you want to rank for it, you need a page for it. And that's, I think, where people get tripped up and it's the most Basic principle and very easy to understand. If you want to rank for knee replacement near me, you need a page on your website, typically three to 500 words, depending on how com competitive the market is, all about knee replacement. What is it? Who's a good candidate for it? What does the surgery prep look like? What is the recovery time? Because it does two things. It's going to help you rank in that top three, like we're talking about, but it's also the education that patients are looking for. So you're, you're killing two birds with one stone. You're setting yourself up for success to rank in search, but you're also setting yourself up to do what your website's intended to do. And that's to be a 24 seven, 365 day a year salesperson, or in this case, a patient educator to book patient appointments. So at, at its core, SEO is really about it, good content on your site that's really focused on the topics that you care about ranking the most. And if you start there and focus on building your reputation on your Google My Business, you're going to be way ahead of a lot of competitors that are out in the market. And then it's those nuanced things that what we call the technical SEO side uh, that really will start making the difference, especially when you're in a, either a more competitive subspecialty or you're in a really competitive marketplace where there's a lot of patients that, are, that you're vying for their attention. 
Yeah, such a great point. And then, what would you think is、uh, if people just have SEO out optimization,、mm-hmm. right? Is this、yeah. something that people will continue to optimize every month because things changing up? For sure. So it's definitely a continued evolution. It's kind of depending on how old your site is. There's a lot of other factors, but it's kind of like rolling a snowball down a hill, and it get it gains momentum and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger because. Once you've gotten the infrastructure of the main areas, like those treatments and conditions we were talking about, built out, that's where you can really turn your sights on leveraging your blog. You hear about a blog all the time, right? Blogs, right? Blogs. It'll drive traffic, right? More blogs. It's like that's great. People jump past what matters the most, and it's ranking your conditions and treatments. But where your blog really can come in, and that's the ongoing process, is you can write great content. Go back to that knee replacement.、Um, you can. Talk about、um, how to fix an ACL repair, and you can link that back to the knee replacement page if you if you mention that in there. So there's a lot of blog content that you can build monthly to continue to expand the things that you can rank for, strengthen those treatment pages that we were talking about, and then your job is never done. Both on the technical SEO side of things, on a monthly basis, that you can continue to prove on your site. Plus, you can always enter the world of、um, guest guest blogging, which does again two things. It's a PR move because it's going to build thought leadership for you, but it's also going to build backlinks. And backlinks are really critical authority builders in Google's mind in terms of helping your site rank higher. So, at the end of the day, there is always more that can be done to improve on SEO. Certainly matters the foundation, but once you got that foundation built, it's just like building a bigger house. You can just continue to build and build and refine and refine. Right, perfectly said. And then just to get a sense of what's reasonable、uh, on the typical market now, how much would people would cost them to run SEOs on a monthly basis? It's a good question. There's huge range, and if It's kind of like websites. If you went out and and got a bid from ten different agencies, you're probably going to get websites from five hundred dollars to five hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> and that's just what the agency world is known is is known for. So it's hard to really put a pulse on like, am I paying through the nose or am I like, am I getting a cheap service? So there's a huge range. I mean, I, I think from a, an industry standard, that probably one to three thousand dollars is going to be kind of an industry average for SEO. The variable in there lies in how much content the agency is helping you create. I definitely recommend, as a practice and practitioners, to lean on really good content writers. Unless you have a true passion to create written content, like we have one physician who just crushes it with written content because that's his medium of choice. Video or podcasting is going to be if you, as a physician, want to get involved. Which I encourage, which is a whole another topic. That's probably going to be the easiest medium for you. So rely on strong content writers. Like we have a team of medical content writers that can assist our clients in building that content because well-intentioned providers that want to save on building the SEO-focused content get out of the gate one two months in, and their focus turns back to patient care, and it gets thrown to the wayside, and nothing ever happens. So. That's where that variable cost, and again, there's there's a huge range. If you're going to an NYC agency, you could pay 50k a month for SEO. So, but I would say again, going back to industry standards, that's probably what you're going to see, and that variable component is going to be how much content is being created and how 
specialized is the content that's being written for you. But I encourage viewers to invest in a content writer so you don't put that burden on your shoulders because it really is the linchpin in terms of really exploding your SEO. Yeah, so perfect said. Just like many healthcare professionals get trapped into doing more social media, all that stuff. It's massive media marketing, mm-hmm. right? If you're not doing specific written good quality in the language that your patients want to read, and it's either too high level or too much, then people's attention just gone, right? Yeah. So having said that because in medicine we're not trained to do that now some people are really good at drawing some people are really good at writing some people are really good at speaking and if you know what your advantages are beyond clinical practice amazing use that leverage that right and then send it to these agency companies so they can repurpose in a way that's most cohesive and attract the right people to you and also get your patients um, to have them write more Google reviews for you. And that really leads to my next question because something that you also brought up, I think is good is that I think it was SEO optimization because people are searching these keywords. Technically, you don't really necessarily need a run ad. And if they do need it, when do you recommend people to run ad? What's the benefit of that? For sure. And that's that's a really good question. I, I think it's definitely not right for everyone. You need to understand... I think first, before you ever run ads, I think people jump at, again, it goes back to the same with social media and the same with what you alluded to earlier with opening your practice, like a build it and they will come mentality. It's like pay for ads and you'll get conversions. And that's just not the case. Google and Facebook are happy to accept your money. And if you're really bad at it, they don't really care. They got money either way. (laughs) So you have to be really careful to make sure. And it sounds silly, but to understand the patient that you're going after and where they're at in terms of understanding, uh, are they searching for something or do you need to present the idea in front of them and then nurture? And so that really is kind of the place to start before you ever go into advertising. I think advertising is ideal if you are, especially early on in a SEO process, SEO is typically not a battle that's won overnight. Unless you're in a rural market or you've got a domain that's 30 years old and has huge clout. It's just a mess and you just need to reorganize things and you'll see a quick jump. But again, those are those are kind of white whale scenarios. Most of the time you're talking about three months, six months, 12 months, 18 months are kind of milestones that you should start seeing SEO kind of building and, and growing. That's a long time to wait sometimes to really go out and move the needle and drive patients and drive revenue and everything. So paid ads can really fill that gap as you're investing on what I call the back end and use it as almost a weighted scales is weighted more on paid advertising in terms of where you're putting your eggs to drive patients today. And then your goal is to kind of switch that to the other side long-term and have organic SEO, which typically is a higher ROI or return long-term. So if you're in a spot where you're kind of ready over the next 90 days to ratchet things up, but it's going to take some time to get the SEO where it needs to be. That's where paid ads can really fill that need. And you can, because you can immediately overnight from an auction standpoint, you can start presenting at the top of search using Google ads. And that's, I think, a, one of many scenarios that really fit 
the model for introducing paid ads into your marketing budgets and your marketing program. Right. More for the earlier birds who are just ready to start and then they're worried about where it's coming. Right. And then be yep. um, very smart about running ad and not just like, oh, I learned this Facebook ad. Let me just try about it. Right. But again, like if depending on who your optimum patient clients are, they might not be on Facebook or um, and it could be Google and then mm-hmm. it could be even YouTube or could be uh, more professional in LinkedIn, have to really think about like where people are at and not just start throwing money out there thinking things Mm -hmm. will just come back, right? doesn't matter how much uh, algorithm background they have is still you're pouring something out. So I talked to a specialist like yourself can at least get some clarity. And while people are building up that reputation, there's a clientele and referral programs. So yeah, that's amazing. And the beauty too, is as you continue to grow your organic traffic, you're never going to close a hundred for a hundred patients that come to your site. There's going to be a lot in the education funnel and the more complex your procedure, maybe the more unknown it is or or whatever that may be, remarketing is always the cheapest advertising. And so even introducing, say you have 10,000 people a month that are coming to your website because you rank really well for a lot of this stuff, then for for a very cost-effective amount of paid ads, you can retarget those people using social ads, which nine out of 10 times is the lowest in terms of a cost per conversion or a cost per appointment book because you're just putting the idea back in front of them. Like you've already been to our website, you were researching, you're already familiar at some level with either us or the problem that we solve. So here's a direct call to action or or savings or a little bit more information about that. And it can work to extremely great effect. And we see it work day in and day out for our clients. And if you've got quick care models, there's so many things that you can do on that side too, from like programmatic display standpoints to reach patients then and now when they're searching for a quick care level solution and drive them through the door for your practice. Amazing. Thank you so much. Getting an SEO expert will help you improve your visibility and rank your services high on search results. People nowadays search for symptoms, conditions, or subspecialties to solve their problems. SEO will handle them and funnel those potential clients to you. These experts can help you build your website infrastructure. From there, you can focus on creating good content topics that your clients want to learn from you. SEO does not improve immediately. If you're newly adapting it, you need to grow your organic traffic first and then set milestones every three months. That's why it's important to do SEO on a continuous basis. Yeah, there's just so much we can even talk about, right? We just scratch the surface. Um, but as I always say, we can always be experts in many different things. It's hard to be expert in everything. And 100%. it's not really fun to be a superman, superwoman to know everything about a little everything, okay? At the end of the day, it all comes down to marketing. You need to make yourself known on the proper channels. SEO is the best technique that you can take advantage of to increase your visibility passively. People should see you on Google search results, social media, podcasts, vlog, in order for them to come to you. Moreover, it is not a one-time process. 
you need to build a good story and reputation to attract more clients. SEO and medical content writers can remove this burden for you. You can then focus on taking care of incoming patients in your own field of expertise and any income-generating tasks. Douglas Warner III, the retired chairman of J.P. Morgan, once said, "It is important to remember your competitor is only one mouse click away." Then how how do we even find? It's exhausting too. Right, it's exhausting. And how do you even find any surprising,、mm-hmm. exciting moments left in your life? So that's why I ask all my speakers to take a quick assessment,、uh, where I take. Really, ten question out of the hundred that I do with my one on one client, right? So, just break down into simple sense. Life really is ten major components. So, Justin, think about this way, and all our listener, you can listen and reformat this way too. Now, it's about physical fitness, right?、Mm-hmm. Mental well being, personal character means your own growth, what、mm-hmm. you love to do, how you want to grow, and lifestyle. Right,、uh, career development, financial intelligence, love of relationship, social support, life mission. What does that mean for you to be on this world, like in this world, who you、mm-hmm. serving, and ultimately spirituality? Right. Think about all these ten components for you. What do you think are the top three of your category and the bottom three? Um, I would say career development and. I would say, or as far as the top ones, I'll put physical fitness at the bottom. Even though I did play college football, I've not done a good job of, <laughs> of, of keeping up of, now. Keeping up with it once once life got, especially once my daughter was born, that went right out the window.、Uh, and then I'd say for a third, probably the support. I'd say I've got a tremendous, tremendous amount of support around me. And then, and that's I mean, that's really how you succeed in kind of all aspects of life is the support side. And then on the bottom side, I'd say getting real deep, probably spirituality.、Um, I I grew up in a a very spiritual home, and and I would say once you kind of go off on your own, you go to college and everything, and it kind of becomes your journey.、Uh, it's easy to drift away, and I think now having a family of my own, it's something that me and my wife are putting a big onus on because we want to. Um, raise our daughter and our kids, kind of with with spirituality in the home, whatever that means to to the listeners. But for us, it's very important to us. So I'd say it's on the bottom, but I want to get that into the top. So life mission, lifestyle,、uh, career advancement,、uh, financial intelligence, and、um, uh, mental well being,、um, love relationship.、Um, I think. Yeah, some of. Hmm. Not to pass. <laughs> While I think about it, if, if I if one comes to me and uh. Yeah, you know what? Like the good thing is, you know, things you are doing really well on that you、yeah. can easily tap into more. Um, the point about us seeing where we are haven't thought about so much or haven't been most optimal is because all ten of their intercom. Connected, right? Yes,、um, even, despite of being the best athlete, I w- I ran track. I was a dancer,、uh, really throughout middle school, high school, college.、Mm-hmm. Um, but once I got out, guess what? I decided 
it still helps me to relax. So maybe even just a small amount helps, right? Because our body, like you know this too, if we're not in a most energized state, the way that we talk to people is very downhill instead of like, oh my gosh, I'm so passionate, but I can't even convey this, right? So Mm -hmm. um, in terms of that, when we're dealing with our clients, our patients, they can sense that same thing when we deal with family member. And for you, spirituality, whether anybody can think about just the energy world that we Mm -hmm. cannot touch on, but it's there, right? Versus people who has a specific religion. It doesn't matter. It means that we have something that we have faith, believing beyond ourselves or put that faith in yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Like no matter what, if we can show up courageously, we can solve the problem. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing. The third one, now that I've been thinking about a little more is probably, and there's, which is really good. There's been a large societal shift, I think in the conversation around the mental side and not that I mean, I'm mentally unstable. That's not what I mean. What I mean is I think as you continue to kind of hit the different phases in your life as an entrepreneur, as you're growing business, um, there's a lot of kind of wear and tear from a mental standpoint that just naturally occurs, whether it's sleep deprivation, having a nine month old daughter, or it's juggling work life balance, it's um, paying a mortgage, putting a roof over your head. It's just all of that stuff can, can pull you, I think, from a mental standpoint in a lot of different directions. And I think you have to be very careful to be very proactive from a mental health standpoint and keep that on, not on the back burner and have kind of a regular dialogue around it. And I think that's something that while I don't think I do a bad job about it, I think I'm a guy and I don't, don't always communicate that well. So I think that that's something that I could certainly do better to just make sure whether it's from a team building side and the work side, or it's personal, personal side with, with, um, my family and my extended family is continuing to work on that constantly, I would say. Yeah, perfect. I mean, you know, my whole entire thing is about building mental immunity yeah. and people's yeah. like, what does that mean? Well, you have to be proactive about it. Yeah. Proactive because yeah. your mind is as important as your physical body, yeah. as important as how you're building your career, your finances. Because if we are constantly fighting against ourselves, trying to put out fire, mm-hmm. then it's hard on you. Instead of stop thinking about even what to do, it's about how do you get out of that quick situation? You build immunity yep. from being trapped. For sure. Oh, yeah. uh, and that's actually ultimately what productivity, what life enjoyment mm-hmm. means. So, and us building all these amazing practices, right? Making big impact around our patients, our families, our own life, make sure we're in a great check point. And that's how I created this whole podcast and then created my own advisory business is that we're so smart. We're so resourceful. Let's make sure we can heighten and sustain it and not just feeling like we're a train. Like this is a, you know, you stop for like barely five minutes to pick up one thing and then you keep going again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I, I, I would say that because even to your point and us, as we've gotten to know each other and having you on the podcast, it's really as far as that, the mental side of it is you don't realize how much of almost a full-time job in terms of investing into it, that you should make it like you've got your calendar, your priorities, all that stuff. And sometimes investing into the mental side of it gets all too often forgotten. And it is the thing that really can, can sustain you long-term and, and makes you successful both in personal and, and business life. 
Yeah, perfect. I know a lot of people are gonna wanted to talk to you more on um, building out their website, their ICU, yeah. and even potentially uh, with uh, uh, your wife Kelly's work on building more of a physician referral uh, yep. program. So how can people find you the best way and then tell them about your podcast so they can listen more about it that too? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Kelly, my, my last name's not K-N-O-T-T, so Kelly not K-E-L-E-Y. Uh, we're both very active on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm active. She is incredibly active on LinkedIn. So that's a great place to connect with us. Uh, our agency is Entropy, I-N-T-R-E-P-Y, Entropy Healthcare Marketing, so entropy.com. And we can help really with everything across the board in terms of marketing your practice, telling your story and driving new patients. And I've got, we've got the patient convert podcast, which we're really talking about all things um, healthcare marketing, but we interview a ton of different people just like yourself from a ton of different walks of life and angles in terms of healthcare, really at the end of the day, trying to help practices and providers grow um, a scalable and sustainable practice. And yeah, I'd, I'd love to connect and network on LinkedIn and, and I love creating content. So you know, if, if anybody out there from a listener standpoint has any ideas, they'd like to collaborate on LinkedIn Lives or podcasts, we'd, we'd love to have you on. Amazing. Thank you so much. And thanks, everyone. We know you can do anything and you choose us. So we appreciate you. And we definitely wanted to hear from you. Whether it's this episode, what did you love most about it? What question you still have? Please leave it in a comment below or please go to iTunes, leave us a review so we can continue to serve you the best. Until next week, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. There are two things I want to bring to your attention. Number one, leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and will personally respond to every comment. Number two, odds are, if you're like me who just want to get to the bottom, find out what's going on in your practice then I invite you to book a complimentary diagnostic consultation call with me. You can check my availability at sabrinarumback.com forward slash blueprint to find a time that works for you. This is especially beneficial for you if you have an established clinic but now feel drained or unable to live up to your full potential. She really gets the conversation. She understands. She's an incredible listener. We were talking about worthiness and she really understands the concept of it, how it affects people in their businesses, in their clinics, in in their daily life, in their relationships. So I just want to encourage you to jump on board and start listening to this woman because she has so much insight and wisdom that you don't want to miss out. Take an opportunity to meet with and talk with Sabrina. She's just a wealth of information and powerful results. And it, it, for myself, just to be able to reflect and see what she's created by her forms and processes is amazing. I can't uh, emphasize enough, it's time well spent and uh, money well invested. And so take the time, invest in yourself. My experience is really, really unique. Everything I've learned and she's taught has been applied at different levels and portions of my life. And I feel like I can continue to um, grow and develop these skills in the future. 
So I was able to do the one-on-ones as well as the group sessions with Sabrina and both had some really impactful things to teach me. There were a lot of things in there. I look at the chart of the desire zone because I was taking on too many things. I was doing too many things outside of my desire zone and that allowed me to hone things back into the direction where they should be. What were some other things that we, our first call that we ever had, there was a quote that you made, you gave me from the Dalai Lama. And these are simple things I did, but it was my gratitude. And it hit me at that time because I'd forgotten to be grateful about what has been built. You know, everybody around me that sees what we're doing or you know sees what I'm doing here, my peers and colleagues, and they're very grateful for what I've been doing. They're like, oh, this is great. You know, we'd love to be in the position that I'm in and I forget that, and I forgot it. Don't you agree? If you don't allow a pair of unbiased eyes to take a look, you will never know what you don't know. This is your chance to gain back time and be a peak performing healthcare leader again.